Welcome to Poppin' the Lid on All Things Real Estate with Tina Miller-Light and Sherry Inhouser-Bush. Your place to pop in and learn all about the home buying and selling process in a fun and light-hearted manner. Each week, we'll bring you all the tips and tricks you need to navigate the real estate market. So, our first podcast, we just want to do a quick introduction of ourselves. Good morning. I'm Tina Miller. I am in the real estate business since 2014 and excited to be here and um, discuss everything real estate. Don't know everything, but know enough based on the transactions we've done. And hopefully everyone will get some good tips and tricks and advice off of every podcast. I have uh, grew, up, grew up here in the Fresno area in California. And I currently live up in the surrounding foothills, Sierra Nevada foothills. I have two Yorkies and two cats. Two cats. Yes. What are your cats' names? Our names are Cleo. Cleo. For Cleopatra. Nice. And Big Boy. Big Boy. Like yeah. Shoney's Big Boy? Well, they were, the names were selected by grandchildren that were uh, coming up with Disney names. So I really don't, can't remember why Big Boy was selected, but he's a big black cat. And he is our hunter. It's funny because we call him our hunter. He goes out and hunts for all the rodents around, snakes, gophers, you name it. So he birds, unfortunately. But So what I noticed in all of that is you said that you have two Yorkies, two cats, but you did not say anything about grandkids. Oh, well, actually, they're not my grandkids. They're my boyfriend's grandkids. So him and I lived together, and his grandkids came up and named the cats when they moved in. The cats uh, moved in. <laughs> okay, I gotcha. <laughs> well, I'm going to start off right off the bat with, I've been in real estate since 2015, and I do have an adorable, adorable little two-year-old granddaughter named Everly. She's the light of my life. I have a um, 28-year-old son, 31-year-old daughter, and two dogs, Monkey and Monster. They're little teacup poodles. They do not chase rodents away. <laughs> they do chase treats, though. So, yeah, I'm excited about real estate. I'm excited to get this podcast started and be a resource for everybody. Absolutely. So, should we tell them how we came up with the name? Yeah. Popping the lid. Absolutely. So, when we met back in 2015, we initially were immediately drawn to each other because of our names, our last names, Miller and Bush. And we played on the fact that they were beer names. So ever since then, we have just always joked around and had a lot of fun with it. So when we were coming up with a name for our podcast, we decided to go with that and see, you know, it seems to work out pretty, pretty well. Just having fun with it. Yep. Tina Miller Light and Sherry and Houser Bush. Yeah. Here to serve you. <laughs> so today's topic is going to be what the heck does a realtor even do and are they worth it? So for starters, there is a difference between a realtor and a real estate agent. Not many people know this. So a realtor is a member of the National Association of Realtors. We do pay dues in and we're required to take additional training, um, code of ethics training is something that we're required to complete as a real estate agent is not required to do that. So we're held to a much higher standard than real estate agents are. Yeah. I think our training is what every four years we have to complete. Is it 27? 
minutes or hours? I think it's 24. 24? But um, yeah, in order to keep us updated on the most current regulations and laws and make sure we know what's changed, because there have been a lot of changes and there always probably will be every year from year to year. Yeah, so realtors know their shit. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) At least most of us do, right? Yeah. (laughs) So uh, on the buyer side, first and foremost, we're your trusted advisor. We have your best interest at heart and we will be your rock and remain objective during, you know, all the highly emotional transactions and we'll keep you on target. We see so many different transactions during our, you know, career and every one of them is different mm-hmm. and every person is different. Every client is different. And so it's our responsibility as a realtor to keep things under control remain in control of the situation, get to know our clients, work with them, keep them calm throughout the transaction and just allow them to know that they can trust us because we are educated in what we're doing and we we know what we're doing basically. Yeah. Emotions run high. It's your biggest, most of the time it's the biggest investment of your life. And so emotions do run pretty high and it's easy to get clouded in that and lose your perspective. And so that's where we come in and we really keep you grounded, level-headed. You know, we're looking at unbiased and able to keep you on on target and focused on what's important so that we can accomplish our common goal of getting you home. That's right. We also do a lot of market research. So for our buyers, especially when we start working with you and showing you properties We already know what's out there, what's available, what's just listed, what's been on the market. And we work with you to write up competitive offers. And we are in constant contact with the other agent to see what their client's needs are. So we can be competitive on your behalf. We also, once we're in contract, we're going to order home inspections Those are super important. You never want to skip a home inspection. I know in the last couple of years when the market was going crazy, it was a wild, wild west and buyers were waiving those home inspections and that's just not smart at all. So typically we'll order a home inspection, a pest inspection and a roof inspection. And then if the home inspector calls out something that he feels like needs further investigation, then we'll call out like specialty people like maybe you need a roofer, maybe you need an electrician to come out and look at something or an HVAC person. And then also in certain areas out in the country, there will also be a couple of extra inspections that come into play like a well and septic inspection. So we order all those for you. We meet the inspectors out there. So we're there And we're seeing firsthand kind of what they're seeing so we can easily explain it to you. And we do like for you to be there for those inspections as well. Yeah. And those are really important because, Sherry, I'm sure you've come across many situations where inspectors uncover stuff that you can't see with, you know, the naked eye. For example, I had a transaction where we were getting ready to do a septic inspection. And this was up in the foothills. And... The company showed up to do the 
inspection. First of all, they couldn't find the septic opening, the lid for the septic tank. And the sellers had been there many, many years. I think they lived there maybe 30 plus years and they had never done a septic inspection. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. Yes. You know, you know why I'm ewing is because you have to like clean those things out too. Yeah, and the the interesting thing is, Ugh. once you start talking to people, a lot of some people are never aware of that. If you don't, you know, when you're buying the home and you're you're never told, hey, you need to be making sure you're doing these inspections every so many years to see if it needs to be emptied, pumped, yeah, pumped, yeah. Uh, a lot of people don't even know and realize that they're supposed to be doing that. So at any rate, we did. We finally found, uncovered the septic, and it had already caved in because it had never been pumped. So that led to, and eventually, the sellers unfortunately did have to pay to put in a new, whole new septic tank, and that was, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars. But, you know, thank goodness the buyer decided to do that inspection and pay for it because had they not. If they would have moved in, they would have had to deal with that issue down the road. So that's why it's important to work with your realtor and, you know, we're able to tell you what type of inspections are the best for the property that you're looking at purchasing. Right. And so also that kind of rolls into the next thing is we negotiate terms. And so part of that was, is you negotiated um, on your client's behalf for the seller to take care of that septic, right? That's correct. Yeah, so we're negotiating for you, um, your request for repairs. We're negotiating prices um, and all kinds of terms for you. Yeah, we're negotiating if the seller wants to stay in the house longer mm-hmm. because maybe they need to a little bit more time before they move. So there's a lot of different parts, moving parts, and the negotiating process. Right. And then we're also going to review the seller disclosures for you. Those disclosures are so important seller has seven days to get those disclosures to you so that's going to be everything that they know about the house you know have they ever had to file an insurance claim against the house maybe there was water damage you know things that they've done when did they replace the hvac how old is the roof so this is their chance to tell you everything that they know about the home and so we're going to review those things really closely with you and then i want to i also sherry real quick i wanted to go back to your um you had mentioned an insurance claim so i don't know if a lot of people realize this but i did have a client that purchased the home we read through the seller's disclosures they didn't disclose that there was any kind of leak or damage done previously in the bathroom But when they went to go get their insurance, the insurance company was able to bring up the fact that they could see that there had been an insurance claim on the bathroom somewhere. There was some kind of leak. So that's why it's really, really, and it was kind of difficult for them to get insurance based on that. So that's why it's really important that those those seller disclosures are reviewed and they're correct because, you know, lawsuits happen out of stuff like that. Mm Mm-hmm. And then making sure that deadlines are met. That's really important. Like I was saying, they have seven days to get those disclosures over to you. But the buyer also has deadlines that they have to meet. We have three days to get your deposit into escrow. 
and then you have your inspection and loan contingency. So we have 17 days to order any inspections that you want, review them, and then negotiate any repairs that are required with the seller. Now, I always like to tell my clients that a request for repair isn't a wish list of things that you want done. It's for health and safety issues. And the seller is not obligated to respond in any way to your request for repairs. In California, all homes are sold as is, but you are able to do your inspections and then negotiate any repairs with the seller yeah. as needed. What are some of the craziest thing you've seen on a request for repairs? Oh my gosh. People get I, out of control. I just, <laughs> oh my gosh, I just had one. It still makes me laugh. We had a, a dog door that was in the garage that goes from the garage to the house. And it was a tiny little dog door, but it breaches the firewall when it's there. And I got a request for repairs for the sellers and they asked for us to replace the door and a doggy door. Oh yeah. And so that doesn't make sense because first of all, the health and safety issue is replacing the door. I get that because there's a hole cut in it, it breached the firewall. But to then ask to rebreach the firewall and give you a new dog door because the dog door hole wasn't big enough for your dog, that that's crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. That's not what request for repairs is for. Right. A reasonable request for repair we were totally on board for was yeah, we'll replace the door because the firewall's breached. But then to go ahead and put in another and rebreach it. That's not what they're for. Yeah, a lot of people kind of get nitpicky. Um, and so it's up to the realtor to really reel them in and say, hey, we're just looking at health and safety issues. Because the bottom line is you're buying, you're not buying a brand new home. You're buying a home that's been lived in and not everything's perfect. So when you go to, and it's been priced accordingly. So mm -hmm. when you go to purchase a home and you are asking for the sellers to do repairs, we want to make sure that we're just doing health and safety issues. And, or unless there's some other large expense, like, you know, the, the septic or the HVAC or something that's aged and is about ready to, you know, poop out. So we poop out. Ha ha. Septic. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we just want to make sure that we're keeping our clients in the mindset that let's not nitpick everything. And we're purchasing the home as is basically in the condition that it's at unless there's something major. Yeah. You know, and even buying new construction, like a brand new build, those homes aren't perfect either. No, they're not. As you know, because I know you've had recently dealt with a lot of big issues when it comes to new construction yep. and representing your buyers. And that'll be a topic for a whole other podcast. Yes. So we also have, we also provide ongoing resources long after the, purchase has ended. We have, most realtors will have a plethora of vendors that they work with on a regular basis. So we really encourage our buyers to come back to us and our clients to come back to us and ask for referrals for any kind of repairs or additions that they want to make because we do keep a really good resource of good quality contractors and vendors. All right. 
And, you know, we have resources that are solar. We have alarm companies. I mean, if it involves your house, we probably have a referral for it. And so we want to provide that to you for years to come. And also, we'd love to be invited back to your house so we can see what you've done. So, yeah, that's really the, an exciting part, especially when they invite us back for family gatherings or parties or celebrations. You really become a part of their family. So, we really love that part of the real estate side of things. I got invited back to a client's house for Thanksgiving and they wanted to have a macaroni and cheese cook-off. Oh, and I'm sure you kicked his ass. <laughs> you know what? I know you make the best mac and cheese. You're Southern girl, so. You could challenge me to a lot of things that I'll probably lose, but I guarantee you, you will not What's win. your secret sauce? I ain't telling. Just give us one like ingredient that makes it, that puts it on top of the rest. Love. Love. You really aren't going to tell us. I'm not telling a secret. No, <laughs> many have asked and many have failed. That recipe goes to my grave with me. Okay, well, maybe one day we'll get the recipe out of her. Let's Over move. my dead body. <laughs> well, that might have to happen. Speaking of dead bodies. <laughs> oh, yes. It just circled back around. We got back on track. <laughs> so speaking of dead bodies, um. Your seller disclosures. So if there has been a death on a property within the last three years, you are required to disclose that. And when you're talking about these disclosures and working through them, it's best to over disclose. So if you're asking yourself, hmm, should I disclose this? The answer is probably yes, you should, because you don't get sued by what you don't disclose. You're going to get sued I just said that backwards. You don't get sued by what you do disclose. You get sued by what you don't disclose. That's right. And there's a lot of situations when it comes to people passing away in the home. It could, most of them are natural causes, which most people don't have an issue with. But there are situations where maybe something other than natural causes occurred. So we do work with a lot of different clients and, you know, there's a lot of different people with different religions out there and that might play a factor into whether they want to purchase a home where someone has passed away in. So that's why we make sure it's really important that we know if there's been a recent death on the property. Yeah. And most of the time that's going to be actually put into the MLS. And so we will know before we even show you the property, there's um, something called agent remarks in the MLS that we can see. And usually that's where they'll put death on property of natural causes. So a lot of times we'll be able to know that before we even show you the property. Yeah. I mean, I had years ago, I had, when I first started real estate, I showed a property to my client. It didn't disclose immediately online. We didn't realize before when we went in to see the home that there had been a death on the property. We walked in. When we got into the area of the master bedroom, my client says, something feels different. Something feels really different in this area to me. And, and I said, well, I don't know. I mean, I, she goes, was there a death on this property? And I said, not that I'm aware of at this point. It hasn't been disclosed yet. Well, we went back later and researched the property and there had been, you know, it was on the news and everything. She was able to research it. So that's kind of eerie that, you know, she got that feeling when we walked into the house, but that doesn't happen all the time. 
Um, she didn't end up buying that house for some other reasons. I mean, she was fine with there being a death, but kind of crazy how that works out, huh? Yeah, that's similar situations. It's weird how people can kind of sense things like that. Yeah. Well, let's talk about what we provide for our sellers. Okay, well, our sellers, we mar- we research the market just like we do for our buyers. But for our sellers, we're going out and we're, we're also running comps. We're running comps, comparables in their immediate neighborhood to see what has sold in the last six months, um, what has what is currently active on the market, what maybe is pending and currently in escrow. We want to go to the seller with as much information on price points as we can because ultimately it's their decision on how much they're going to list their home. But we provide all of that information to them so they can make an educated guess or an educated decision, I should say. Yeah. Um, I always go into my listings. I don't know about you, but I always go in with three of the other online kind of valuations because I want to already know what they're looking at because I know most sellers have already gone online. Do you um, mean like the one that re- rhymes with pillow? That's Yes, that's one of them. And I know that they kind of have an idea of what pillow <laughs> is saying her home is worth. And so then there's a couple of other ones I look at. And so then I'll run my own comps and I like to take them and then line them up and show them. And they're all really different. Yeah, because if you think about it, the ones online, those other online companies, that are running estimates, they're not taking into consideration the actual value of the property that we're touring or looking at. Those those sellers might have put a pool in or they've probably upgraded in certain ways. So there's no way to know that unless you're actually touring the property, like you were saying. Yeah, the house could be burnt down. It could be a shell. And it will say, this house is worth $600,000. And you're like, uh, homie, no, it ain't. There's no house there anymore. Yeah. They don't know. All they're doing is pulling in a bunch of numbers and then regurgitating them out. They have no idea. We are actually going into these homes and researching so that we can come up with an accurate price for your home, which is always going to put you in the best position. You yeah. want to you wanna list this thing according to the comps. If you list it too far over the comps, it's just going to sit on the market. And it's going to cost you in the long run because then you're going to have to start doing price reductions. And the longer a home sits on the market, people start to wonder, oh, what's wrong with it? Yeah. And then, and they do come in, they want to lowball you even further. So it's important to listen to your realtor advice. Ultimately, it's up to you. We don't make the decision for you. But this is where our things, expertise comes in. Right. This is why you pay us to do what we do is to get you the most possible money and best terms for your home as possible. Yep. We're also looking at your home with an unbiased eye to help enhance the marketability by offering advice on preparing the home through staging, curb appeal, necessary repairs maybe that need to be made, we feel, before you the, the home goes on the market, and getting things ready for professional photos. That's really important to make sure we're bringing in a professional photographer. Yep. Um, 
talking about repairs that need to be made, I know right off the bat, every time I go to a listing, when I get up to the front porch, I immediately look around at the fascia, the garage door trim, and look for signs of dry rot. And then when I go in, I look to make sure the smoke detectors are in place and the hot water heater is double strapped because those are things that the appraiser and carbon monoxide detector, those are things that are immediate issues if they're not in place because the appraiser looks for those. And if they're not there, then that's going to delay the escrow because then you've got to correct those things and then have the appraiser come back and verify that they're done. And so that's something that can derail your escrow. And so it's best to make sure that you have all that in place before you even put the home on the market. Yeah, you want to make sure you're enhancing your property to get the most value you can. So by doing those kind of repairs in advance that you know your agent's pointing out to you, hey, we're going to have a problem with this. Um, I know it's going to come up. It's always better to try and get those things repaired before you your home hits the market. So you can get as much as possible for your home. Because that ultimately is the goal. Mm-hmm. And you only get one shot at a first impression. Yeah. And I think I heard the number of seven seconds when somebody walks through your front door and then they've already, within seven seconds, kind of come to a conclusion what their impression of the house is or they want it or not. And so it's important that you have the house show ready on the day that it hits the market and that very first person comes through your open house or a realtor brings them in. You want that house to be ready and so that means you've scrubbed it this house is spotless you've decluttered because mm -hmm. you want people to come in you well i've had clients that won't even get out of the car sometimes if we drive up and the curb appeal is awful they're like no I, i'm not interested and sometimes i'll have to say well we've scheduled an appointment let's just go in and take a look but like you said the first seven seconds when you open the front door a person will know Mm -hmm. This is a possibility or this is completely out. So you're right. It is important to make sure that you're, you're scrubbing your house and you're getting it prepared to get the best possible value. Right. So you want to look at it through a buyer's eyes. Yes. And if you have too much clutter in the house, you want them to see your house and the potential that it has for their situation, for them to come in and live in it. You don't want them to see clutter uh, you want to take down personal photos and odors, please, for the love of sweet baby Jesus. No pot smoking. Please. <laughs> Before showing. Well, that too, because then your house will smell like a skunk. But please don't smoke in your house. I went in one buyer the other day and I opened the door and the smell about not be down. I shut the door and I turned around and I looked at my buyers and I said, you're not going to be very happy when I open the door. It's, it reeks of cigarette yeah. smoke. And so we went inside and within a couple of minutes, my eyes started watering. I felt I have asthma. I felt like I couldn't breathe. I looked over at one of my buyers and she was just eyes watering. It was a mess, yellow running down the walls. We still felt it two days later. Yeah. And it's okay if you're a smoker, but there are remedies. There are ways to rectify the majority of the smoke smell in your home. There are cleaning mechanisms and things like that. 
what are what's I know you had mentioned that at times you you had a listing once that it was pretty bad. So yeah, there were some there were some things you did to try and I yeah I did some things it it barely put a dent in it. Um, we we scrubbed the walls. Yeah, we opened windows. We plugged in an ozone machine, but at the end of the day, that smell was still there. The new buyers had to come in and replace carpet. They had to paint. They had to replace the ducting. Yeah, because it does house. get stuck in the, the smell does stay in your AC ducting. Right. So while yeah, you can remedy it by well, you're not remedy. You're masking it, but you can burn candle. You know, you can do what we did, but that doesn't get rid of the smell. The best thing to do is go smoke outside. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, once we, on moving forward, once we get those professional photos completed, we bring in our photographers, we get some really good quality pictures. We even do um, drones now where we'll even do above your home Mm -hmm. photos, especially if you have a larger property piece of property those are nice so when speaking of professional photos so you want to be prepared for photo day i like to give my sellers like a little tick list and it shows all the things that you need to do and so we want to make sure all the blinds are open the lights are on um, make sure your toilet seats are down we don't want to show your toilet yeah <laughs> And, and you know co- what? That's a whole another podcast too, yes, right? It is. Preparing your home to be put on the market and for photos. So we get those photos. We immediately start using our marketing power through online marketing and ex- our extensive contacts that we have in the real estate professional world. And we, we get it out, your house out there to everybody. We market your home everywhere possible. And we market it to the, I think in our multiple listing service here in Fresno County, we have how many agents now? I think there's 4,000. And I heard, I was listening to Don Scordino, who is a legend (laughs) here in Fresno. And I heard him say there are 700 different brokerages in Fresno County. Yeah. So we're, we're putting all of your marketing material, your new listing of your home out to all of those agents in hopes that they're working with a qualified pre-approved buyer that is, you know, maybe they can match with your property. Right. And then also Realty Concepts, where Tina and I work, we're part of something called Leading Relocation Professionals of the World. And so when you list with a Realty Concepts agent, that listing automatically goes out worldwide. It, it goes out to all of our different partners. It's everywhere. And so that way we can kind of help find buyers that might be relocating into the area. That's right. That wouldn't otherwise know about your listing. Yep. And we can also help you find a home in another state or area through the relocation process. Absolutely. We can sure do that. We also do, um, open houses and brokers open houses, Brokers open houses probably don't know what that means. So that's where on Wednesdays is brokers open days. So we open up your house just to other realtors. And so they can come in and tour the house, give any feedback they have, and also to see if they have buyers for it. So this is really when we get to go out and go into these homes and we know. And so when we have a buyer call us and say, Hey, I'm looking for three bedroom home, two bath, granite counters, three car garage, pool, single story. We're like, wait, 
<laughs> I have one for you. I just walked through it. That's so right. Those are really important for and, us to do. Yep. And once we get an offer in hand, or hopefully multiple offers, whether it be through, you know, us doing brokers opens or open houses to the public, or you know, getting an offer because they the client saw it online. Once we get those offers in our hand, we're reviewing them and we're pre-screening through contacting their lender if they're taking out a loan to purchase the home. Uh, we're calling their, their realtor to make sure that they are a solid buyer. And we're looking at their offer from page one to all the way to the end of the contract, looking at everything they're offering to make sure. And we're you know explaining that to our sellers. Right. And then making sure deadlines are met. I think we might have talked about this earlier, but we also want to include the correct verbiage in your listing when we put it live. If you are contingent, so you need to sell this house before you buy another one, we want to make sure that we're putting the correct verbiage in here to keep you protected because we don't want you to become homeless. And so we'll put in there the sale is contingent upon finding and closing on suitable replacement property. So it's very important to work with a realtor who is going to understand the correct verbiage and to protect you in situations like that. That's right, because we do see a, a large pool of buyers that come through that probably already own a home where and they want to buy up or maybe they want to relocate or maybe they want to downsize depending on where they are in their life. So they will need to sell a home and purchasing another home is contingent upon them selling their home. So there are a lot of negotiating and things to think about when it comes to those type of situations. Mm -hmm. And then if there's something in your home that you want to keep, it's important that you let us know so that we can put into the listing at MLS that those items aren't going to be included. That's right. So if you want to keep that gorgeous like gold mirror over the fireplace or a special statue out in the backyard, I mean, we've seen all kinds of different things where people want to take with them. So we've got to make sure that those are all put in the contract. Yeah. I think the biggest gripe that I have with clients is when they come in and the seller is taken all, down all the curtain rods and things. And then you're like, crap, now I got to go and spend all this extra money to buy new curtain rods before we can even move in because now our house is like naked for the yeah. world to just look in and see. Those are things. So if you want to keep it, I had one client that wanted to keep the door. And it was very... The door? Yeah. It was actually very <laughs> sweet. What was special about the door? It was pantry door. Oh, okay. And they had marked the door with their kids yeah. and their dog's heights. And it was, it was very sweet and they wanted to take that with them. And so we had to put into the MLS that the door, the pantry door was not included in the sale, but they would replace it. They would replace it with Aww. the door that they chose. You can choose your own door. Sure. So that's, that's important things that you need to put into your, your listing to make sure that you do get to keep those items that you're, you're wanting. Cause if you don't, and you just take something that could get you in a little bit of trouble. And yep. our job is to make sure that you don't get into any That's trouble. That's right. And we're also making sure that all the deadlines are, are being met and we keep you in co compliance with the contract, with the purchase agreement. 
seller disclosures are completed accurately and thoroughly. So again, you know, that's our job as the realtor to make sure we're meeting all the deadlines, we're keeping you compliant, and we're overseeing as, as smooth of a transaction as possible and as stress-free as possible for our buyers and sellers. Yeah, we're also protecting your property in the process. Um, we have wicket lock boxes on the house. And those lock boxes, that's how the, the agents that are showing their buyers can get in. Only licensed agents have access to that through their phone. There's an app. They have to be a member of the Fresno Association of Realtors. And with that app, we can tell when the lock boxes popped. So it's telling us when your house is being accessed, tells us who has accessed it and how long that they were in the house. And then, you know, when they put the key back in the lockbox, and we also make sure that we're checking doors and windows to make sure that the house is buttoned up and secure for you. That's right. So, I mean, as you can see, we do, your realtor does a lot of things to keep you, to protect you as a buyer and a seller, and that we are worth the commission that we receive and it is in your best interest to make sure that you are working with a professional realtor wouldn't you say so sherry i would absolutely say <laughs> so we've got your back we love what we do we're you before us we want to work with you we don't want to do this for you we want to work with you we value your input we want to work together to achieve the common goal which is home ownership yep so as you can see, we're well, we're going to wrap up our first ever episode that kind of takes us to an end of why we're worth, worth every penny and why, what kind of value we bring to the transaction. We hope that we're worth a second listen because, listen, we're experts at real estate. We're not experts at podcasting. And I'm just going to, true story here, this is our second podcast. The first one we screwed that thing up. We had to scrap it. We had to, yeah, <laughs> we had to scrap it. It was bad. We didn't know how to edit it and it, it just, it wasn't good. And so here we are again, redoing Round it. Round two. And we suck, but we're going to do better. That's right. We hope that you join us again and give us another. Y'all, guess what time it is. On that note, we have our first annual Spread Some Love Peanut Butter and Jelly Drive coming up. Yeah, so in honor of National Peanut Butter and Jelly Day, which is April 2nd, Tina and I are doing a fundraiser to benefit the Pavarello House. And so we're asking for donations of peanut butter and jelly. We'll also be doing an event at Sequoia Brewing Company at Champlain and Perrin on april 4th they're going to have specialty drinks they'll have a peanut butter stout and also a peanut butter and jelly inspired cocktail yum which tina and i they made it for us the other night we had a test run it was amazing and so we would like to invite everybody to come out to that event and drop off the peanut butter and jelly and have some drinks with us
Okay. <laughs> we're yeah, we're yeah. So tune in every Thursday, Thursday, where we'll continue to bring the knowledge on all things real estate. I think next week we'll be talking about the spring market. Yeah, so lots of good stuff. And again, we apologize that we suck, but we do promise to get better. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Peace, love, and real estate.